welcome again to Back to the Future Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze the movie Back to the Future Part 2, one biff whining minute at a time. I'm Scott Corelli. I'm Nick Menes in the news. And joining us this week from Back to the Future, the podcast, Norman Bedford and Brad Gilmore. Welcome. Well, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Um, all right. Well, today we are going back to minute 66, which begins with Biff shoving a uh, baseball cap off of a kid's head and ends with Biff throwing cans of oil in the backseat of his car. Um, so, so uh, this is the minute where we find out how much, how much it cost for, uh, Biff to get his car repaired, um, with the, uh, from the manure incident. And, uh, we also re-meet Terry, the old man from 2015 who worked for the Hill Valley Preservation Society. Uh, he's a mechanic in 1955 and, uh, still played by Roger Rabbit himself, Charles Flesher. So. Um, love that callback. Love that callback. Uh, yeah, or call forward. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. It's so weird. I don't, <laughs> the way this movie's structured is it's almost like thought. cheating. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Um, but uh, yeah. So so uh, one of the things that he mentions, and this is interesting because it's a it's a the, these movies tend to they foreshadow things or they like set up things to pay off later and. Usually when they do it, it's, you know, an hour before the payoff. They set up like an hour before the payoff. Um, but in this particular case, they set something up here that is paid off in uh, like two minutes from now, uh, which is the fact that um, Terry, the mechanic, can't turn uh, Biff's car on. He can't turn over the engine. And he asks if he has a kill switch and Biff says no. Uh, it's just that no one can turn on this car but me. And uh, it's interesting that this is this is the only time that this is – it feels like they just thought of this – you know, Bob Gale just thought of this idea for this one scene. And usually, you know, they use that note card method and uh, this is all in one scene. I don't know. It's interesting. Um, it's the only example that I can think of in all of the movies that is uh, a setup and payoff this quickly. Like in the yeah, inside of a span of, I guess, well, yeah, yeah, six sixty six minutes, you know. Yeah. Right. Well, th- three minutes. Yeah, three minutes. Mm-hmm, yeah. Um, I, uh, I I noticed something a little strange. Um, so some so Mr. Flesher, uh, Terry Terry the auto guy. Yeah. His his behavior seems have precedence to me. He seems to be acting a little bit more than a little bit, in my opinion, gentlemen, like, uh, um, like beta Biff. Hmm. Who okay. also works in the automotive repair industry. I'm wondering if there was some sort of method of, you know, transference that went on. Oh, I don't know. Maybe, uh, beta Biff for the, for, 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 uh, our guests, beta Biff is what we refer to as the Biff in the, um, post back to the future 1985 so the 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 biff that is like an has an auto detailing shop and you know walks with the slunch and it's and like, oh, broken actually. has become yeah, has, has been broken anyway so that's the reason that's we beta call him biff. beta biff yeah we call him beta biff uh because it's like the beta timeline and also um, he's a total beta <laughs> that that also 
but but uh, yeah, yeah, I think you're right. I think Terry does have a lot of those features, but I will say he does stand up for himself when Biff starts arguing about the three hundred dollar charge. He's got to make a living, um, you know. Yeah. Well, and and here's the here's my question, you guys. Um, Biff's a high schooler. How the hell is he affording three hundred dollars? Where is he getting three hundred dollars from? Three hundred dollars in today, it's like today for a high schooler would be a lot of money. In nineteen fifty five, come on. I've actually five high schooler. It's got to be. It's got to be way out there. I don't know what Biff's doing. Something on the you know on the black market or something. You know what I mean? He's he's selling some. Yeah. Uh, he's selling. He's selling some. Uh, some pooch or something like his ancestors. And that's not, kind of, oh no, I'm sorry, you went. No, I was going to say that that would be about twenty seven hundred dollars in 2016 money. That Thank I you, could Noah. never even imagine that much money as a high schooler. And and to like, do what? I, like what was being fixed on the car? Is it was it just the now the one thing I did like is Biff said that's bullshit, Terry, or you know it's bullshit, and then he and he actually goes, no, it's horse shit. It was manure yeah. in the car. It was a great little joke there, but like yeah. it, can't, it can't be almost three grand just to get the scent of manure out of your car. It almost sort of makes it uh, like a sympathetic character because you're like, oh, this is why he had to he had to create Tannenville was he didn't have to pay for his car debt. <laughs> it's it's not. I mean, I mean, the, I I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility because one, there's a few dents that that he mentioned that he they they buffed out or whatever. Mm. Um, but then there's also uh, he mentions that he had to pay old man something or other. Old I man remember. Jones. Old man Jones, eighty dollars to haul away the manure. Um, so so right away, that's you take out eighty dollars. So really the bill is two hundred and twenty dollars, um, which doesn't seem out of the realm of, I don't know. Yeah, I mean that makes sense to me. Like. Like two two hundred and twenty dollars in nineteen fifty five to clean shit out of your car. I mean that. I mean you would have had to like completely redetail the interior. <laughs> and you couldn't I, salvage any of that. No, and and Biff should be really really happy that he had leather seats because can you imagine dumping all that manure onto fabric seats? Those, oh those, yeah, those are ruined. They didn't have Febreze back then. Those yeah. seats are ruined. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and then I do really like that Biff is like, yeah, you know what? Old man Jones is probably going to resell all that shit. Where's my cut of that? And I'm like, it wasn't your shit to begin with. <laughs> he no, wants he a touches cut his car over, over a matter of $80. Yeah, so. yeah. Oh, that's funny. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. The $80 thing. Huh? That's interesting. I kind of, um, I, I like how uh, wistful older Biff seems. Upon remembering, it kind of makes me feel like, oh, so he ultimately saw the humor in it. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, yeah, that was, that was pretty cool in a little Canadian. <laughs> yeah, he, he was definitely, he was looking at it through rose-colored glasses and, and plaid-colored pants. Like, he, it's like, oh, remember that day at the lake with Grandma? That was uh, a good day. Me and my best yeah. friend Calvin Klein was, was running around scamping. He made yeah. me eat well, shit. I would remember, <laughs> I feel like... I feel like as an as an elderly man, because I understand what they're what they're trying to go for here, mm-hmm. which is that like as an elderly guy, you go back in time and you see yourself, and you're not going to just remember everything that you ever did in your entire life. But if you saw it unfold again in front of your eyes, you would be like, "Oh, I do remember this." However, I kind of I kind of call horseshit as it is, mm-hmm. uh, because 
there's no way you don't remember the time that you crash into a manure truck. Like that's burned into your memory forever. I don't care how old you oh, are. And yeah, here's that's... the thing. And here's the thing is if you do the math, he's what Biff's 17 right here. So in 85, he's what 47, and then in in what 2015, he's 2015. He's, he's, he's 77. 77. Yeah. No way. If you're 77, your mind's already going. You know, I've seen some 77 year olds who are pretty spry chickens. You know what I mean? There's no way you're forgetting a significant event like eating shit from Calvin Klein. Yeah, we don't kind of we, we don't know what kind of medication he's on though in 2015. That's true. We don't even know what kind he's, of medication. Well, there is. but 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 the 20 I mean the 2015 of this of this franchise is a 2015 in which you can get your colon replaced. That's so, very true. He's in good shape. Yeah. Well, so I'm he's sure, not in good shape. I'm though. sure. Yeah, geriatric uh, geriatric Biff is fine mentally. He should have all of his mental capacities. Yeah. Uh, he did make a the very questionable decision of wearing that fluorescent orange belt. Awful, awful belt. Maybe he drank the memories away. <laughs> <laughs> but you would think you would think that his uh, did you? I wonder if he has bionic implants because to me, if you know, I'm in 2015, I'm getting some bionic implants in my brain, and I'm not going to have a hunchback like Quasimodo. You would think he can get kind of the thing that George McFly had in the future and be like, you know, straighten the back out. <laughs> yeah, I'm really if he curious looked at that, he was like, I'm not doing that. That's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really curious about the hunchback. <laughs> that the hunchback the hunchback is actually something we haven't really talked about. It was like it's a really interesting choice <laughs> sure, uh, yeah. for for Thomas Wilson to to like, yeah, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna stand with this hunch. I it I don't know. It it I, I don't know what made him uh decide to do it that way, but it's it's interesting. Well, uh, it's he, definitely he, it's like more 87 than 77. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's uh and it, and it, it definitely makes the character stand out. Um I mean especially when he's standing next to his younger self. Uh but it's a uh, interesting choice. Interesting now, choice. Maybe he is wearing first gen biotech and so it was a little bigger, a little bulkier and that's where they keep the power supply in uh you know <laughs> a, a thermally cooled hump in your back. Uh, that would be unfortunate. That would be really that'd be, unfortunate. It'd be a great reveal. <laughs> it's just like a great. It's like a tank on his back. <laughs> he has to plug in for ten hours every night. Can't leave the house. <laughs> He's so, like a Tesla. So, <laughs> so okay, guys. I want to talk about the thing that has been bothering me about this movie since I first saw it, uh, and that is. If this place is an auto detailing shop, where the hell is the garage? <laughs> that is a that is a great question. The thing is, they're on the <laughs> side of the street, so he's not going in to look at the car as you would normally. You go in and you inspect it first before they just release yeah. it to you on the side of the street. There's no garage. Maybe it's just no. kind of like a little pop up shop. He's working off the corner. I have an I have another theory. I'm sure you do. Because okay. if, if you if you look at the storefronts from this minute, there's of course Zales Jewelry, which was a real business founded in 1924. So of course it can be there. Western Auto Store, also a real business founded in 1909, could be there. Ruth's, which we later find out what that is, which was a fake store, but there's a barber shop, and right beside the garage is a motel. So I'm thinking. These are some of those really wide blocks, and the garage bay is on the other side of the block 
Because how could you, you put a motel on Main Street? How many rooms are you going to have in that thing? Three? Yeah, well, unless unless the the motel the motel entrance is there, but then the motel stretches across the top levels of the whole block. Mm. That that mm, that could be too. You just kind gotta, of like you, a, gotta, kind of, you know, like the apartments either. over the over the over the storefronts, you know, that kind of style. How awful would it be to live above the garage, just smelling oil and exhaust all the time? Or or horse shit. <laughs> that, that was an especially bad day in apartment six <laughs> yeah well well even terry mentions like i can't even eat here anymore <laughs> like i i can't even eat lunch in the in the garage anymore um it's uh it's sad so so yeah so he said i think he says specifically shop i can't i can't eat in the shop anymore right yeah I think um, something like that yeah so so i i, I just it's very I don't know. It's really interesting. I think you're probably right. I think the garage is probably in the back, but it's just why would you put your why would you open a shop in the middle of downtown? Like that just screams bad idea to me. A lot of chases. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Yeah. You never know when a good chase is going to break out in town in you know town square. Seems to be a uh, yeah, that's uh, fair enough. Know, an often occurrence. It's it's the hotbed for that kind of activity. <laughs> Um, but, uh, yeah. And then, uh, uh, I think that's, that's all. I mean, you know, they come back out after going inside, uh, and, and, uh, Marty has, uh, has slipped into the back seat, uh, under a blanket. And, uh, we have, uh, Biff comes out holding like a, holding like a, like a box of, uh, four oil cans that, uh, Terry is willing to throw in. Uh, for the three hundred dollars, um, and uh, Biff talks about the cans of oil. He says four cans for three hundred dollars, and I'm like, that's that's not what you're paying for, Biff. He's throwing <laughs> the cans in for free. Thank <laughs> for having and, your and, car. And that's that. That's why Biff is just so good, though. Is like he always finds like the douchey line to say. You know, the line yeah. where right when you think he can't be any more of a brick, he was like, "Come on, four cans of oil for three hundred bucks." You know, it's just yeah. I'm telling you, Thomas F. Wilson always, in my opinion, always hits it out of the ballpark in every line oh, yeah. delivery. He just he just yeah. kills it every time. Yeah. Now, and I don't know if you guys noticed, but uh, Biff and Terry, as they're returning to the car, they walk past that group of kids again that Biff flipped the one kid's hat off. Well, he manages to get a second kid this time and flips his hat off. And I thought it was interesting that the, the second kid – he, he's dressed exactly like Woody from Toy Story. Red yeah, cowboy hat, yellow shirt, yeah. blue pants. <laughs> he is. You know what? I'll say this. That kid deserves to be bullied. I mean, look at him. Look at him. <laughs> <laughs> he's just dork. asking for it. You're in California dressed like Woody? Come on now. Yeah. No, no judge would convict Biff for any crime committed against that young man. No. Yeah, I mean, it'd be one thing if you were dressed like that and you were like a six-year-old. Like, that kid's like 12 and he's dressed like that. I mean, come on. Well, then my question would be is who is worse dressed? Would it be the the 12-year-old kid or would it be old man Biff? Who would win? Who would get the ticket and the violation in the fashion police? That's the real question. Oh, I I definitely (laughs) go with the kid because he should have friends that should tell him him knowing better. You know that's the kind of kid that grows up – and his senior picture is a glamour shot of him 
in just a bigger version of that shirt and that same stupid hat. <laughs> He's that kid in every in every friend group that is just like you don't know how he became one of your friends. He just like showed up one day and hello. And all he, of you were too nice to say you don't belong here. Go away. And he's always wearing the same thing. He's like that yeah. woman that Jerry dates in Seinfeld who has the one dress. She you know, yeah. she has the one outfit. Oh man. All right. Well, I think that's uh, that's all I've got for this minute. Do you guys have anything else? I do. I do have one more thing. I would. Well, actually, two more things I'd like to add. As the okay. uh, the, the minute closes and the the quarts of oil are strategically thrown directly at Marty's genitals, and yep. those those quarts of oil that would probably weigh with the oil itself and the cans, uh, almost four pounds of force. Oof. And when you when you count for distance and trajectory. It's going to hurt a little bit. I think that's fair to assume. <laughs> and then the second thing about Marty in the back of the car, Marty is laying underneath one of those scratchy old wool army blankets. And I'm wondering if in the cost of $300, if that blanket was also laundered or if Marty is just lying under a scratchy, humid, uh, just manure smelling ecosystem of horror. Those cans landed right on his dick, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Directly. Square on the square on the pecker. Now my question <laughs> is Marty how, Jr. Did, how did Oh, oh no. There you go. There <laughs> you go. Now it's all making Jr. sense here. <laughs> oh, you know, Marty Jr. was a little off. You know what <laughs> I mean? He was a little dopey. Yeah. <laughs> I think yeah. we just figured out why. How did Biff though how did Biff not see <laughs> how did Biff not see like Marty in the back of the car. Like I get that he's dressed, you know, inconspicuous, of course. But I'm saying, like, if I see like a really weird shaped blanket in the back seat, and then if I throw an oil can on it and it just doesn't hit the cushion, it hits like a makes a thud sound and gets someone's dick. You would think that you would understand that there's someone in the back seat. I know. Yeah. I just Biff just doesn't strike me as the most observant of human beings. Um. So I I totally buy this. If it was anyone else, I would be on your side, but it's Biff and he's not an observant person at all. I don't Older think. Biff doesn't even notice Marty getting into the car. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's, that's right very there. true. And, and which is pretty inexcusable because Marty's level of spying is like Bluto from Animal House bad. Yeah, like every <laughs> Every opportunity he has to place a large object between himself and younger Biff, he ignores it and just crouches. Yeah, he's operating at a trying to get my divorced parents back together level of espionage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I well, what I'll say is, uh, uh, he the the one thing that I'll call bullshit on as far as the the blanket uh, hiding spot is if I am. Biff and I am checking out the work that they did on my car. The very first thing that I would do upon seeing a blanket in the back seat is pull the blanket away and check out the seats and, and check and out the floor. Make sure that there's like that. Oh, that's no, that you, you couldn't afford to have that shit removed. So we just threw a blanket over it. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Of manure under a blanket. <laughs> That is a great observation. It was like you want to do like the full checkup. You know, like when you get a rent a car, you know, they take you around the car and they're like, okay, there's a scratch here. There's a scratch here. There's a dent there right. or whatever. You would think that Terry would say, hey, okay, look, here are the seats. Here are the seats. And then they pull the blanket. And they're like, oh, shit, Calvin Klein. There's a, there's a Canadian kid from the future in your backseat. <laughs> 
Well, and, and I guess I guess you could say, I mean, you know, in 1955, like litigation wasn't really a big deal. Like you weren't people weren't suing people and companies like crazy. So I, I think that that uh, that way of doing things of like showing you the scratches and showing you like the work that you did. I think that that is in a post litigative society where everyone's afraid of being sued. So they're showing you all of the things so that they can say that they did that. Um, so I, I can understand like, like Terry not doing that, but I don't understand Biff not at least looking under the blanket when he first gets there. Yeah. Now I, I think the only thing that have wait, would have made this a little funnier is if Biff had been even further away from the car and he just kind of faded back and did a, a sky hook with the cans and, just to give them that nice arc and maximum trajectory yes. just directly into Marty. No! <laughs> oh, Although, we'll learn in later minutes that Marty has an incredible threshold for pain. That's true. That's one that of those. Very true. Uh, all right. Well, uh, we will be back tomorrow with Minute 67. In the meantime, you can go to our website, DuelingGenre.com, where you can check out our other podcasts, The Doctor's Companion, our Doctor Who podcast, and Geek by Night, our original audio drama about uh, nerdy friends with superpowers. And uh, go check out our Patreon page, DuelingGenre.com slash support, where you can get Back to the Future Minute, No Roads Edition, uh, our new weekly weekend edition of the podcast. Uh, which is exclusive to Patreon. You guys should have gotten the first episode of that over the weekend. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, uh, all you have to do is support us on Patreon at the $5 level or higher, and you'll get it every single week. Uh, so go check that out. And uh, special thanks to our Patreon associate producers, David Jeffries and Reaper182. And we will talk to you tomorrow. Bye.